This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Buenos dias y bienvenidos. Good morning. Welcome once again to Tiempo. I'm Joe Torres and on today's show, Manhattanville College in Westchester County just appointed the school's first Latino president. Dr. Frank Sanchez takes the helm of the 182-year-old college that has its campus, by the way, in Purchase, New York. We'll talk to him all about his new role. That's coming up in just a few minutes. But right now, big story, help with the federal student aid form for college students known as FAFSA. The U.S. Department of Education recently introduced an updated form with fewer questions and expanded eligibility, but the form launched months later than usual and students, this has been the problem, have encountered several computer glitches and longer wait times for news on financial aid. Joining us this morning, our good friend James Rodriguez from the UFT's College and Career Resource Fairs and Francisco Garcia Quesada from the New York City Regional Bilingual Education Resource Network at Fordham University. They're here to tell us about several free FAFSA completion events in Espanol, by the way, to help Latino families. Welcome to you both. Good to see you back here, my friend. This Glad has a ripple effect, here. does it not? It does. Take it to the next level and then we'll backtrack because if you don't have the necessary financial information that you need, then you can't make an informed decision about where your son or daughter may go to college, correct? Exactly. It started out, uh, again, as you said, late January 1st as opposed to October 1st. Yes. It was considered a soft lunch, launch. Okay. And as it happens with soft launches, you find glitches. Mm -hmm. uh, one of the things that they found out that the system kept crashing. Okay. Because the volume of students yeah. waiting for January 1st to file their uh, financial aid information were prevented from inviting their parents, which are now called contributors. Okay. All right? And seeing how that the information was not going to be translated to the colleges until later January, mm -hmm. and then later February, and now the middle of March, students who have fill, filled out their portion of the FAFSAs have not been able to get their parents' information oh. completed until the information is sent mm -hmm. to the colleges and they're opened up again in early March to allow parents to complete their applications. Yes, beyond frustrating. One, com one problem compounding the situation is how many parents have social security numbers? And okay. what happens if they don't? If they do not have it, then they have to go through workarounds, okay? Oh. So I, went, I reached out to our friends over at the Regional Bilingual Education Resource Network like this at Fordham right University. Here. Yes. And here is Francisco Garcia. And, and, and what did you tell him? Or did you reach out, therefore, to Washington to say, <laughs> there, there's a problem? Yes, yes. 
well, when uh, James and I were in touch, we have already decided to begin to do some work on this. Okay. Uh, as part of our parent series that we do during the year, we decided to add a portion about financing your future yes. and thinking of college and careers. Uh, and when we realized that there was going to be a delay, mm -hmm. we said, well, we need to include these orientations right away so that we can begin to tell people what are the changes. Of course, finding out what the changes were was another secret. Yes, yeah, so it was a whole other <laughs> and thing. So I reached out to James, who put us in touch with some people. We begin to do training for ourselves so that we can be better prepared with the new Simplify form. But, but the whole reason for making it simpler was because it was overly complex and difficult before, correct? So in the effort to go two steps forward, it seems like we've gone three steps backward. There's, yes. a, there's always a glitch in the system when you change the form and the process. And, and one of the things is that the FASA application by itself was complicated enough for anyone. For anyone. Anyone. Yeah. So you, on top of that, you take a family that doesn't have the social capital mm -hmm. to understand this, hasn't had anyone in the, in the past perhaps attended college. So parents who don't know where to do and where to go. Mm -hmm. And that's when we come in. Have administrators made changes upon learning of the different glitches and problems along the way? So when you say administrators, in you realize that in the federal uh, uh, student aid program is in Washington, D.C. Yes. We communicate as part of our network of state financial aid agencies, financial aid administrators, mm -hmm. public and private schools, yes. okay, and organizations like the Bilingual Network that are trying to translate this information into the appropriate language for our English language learners. Mm -hmm. Changes, well, you know, they make changes as they go along, but the changes have been painstakingly slow. Okay. Okay, to the point where now we go back to the, the issue of our community, bilingual education students, students who speak another language. Yes. Okay, and for me, since the beginning of coming on this show, it has always been about access and equity. Mm -hmm. Okay, sit tight. When we come back, we're going to talk about some of the workshops that you guys have established in English and in Spanish to help families get their ducks in a row and to get through these changes. So when we come back, more on the free application for federal student aid, also known as FAFSA, and the free workshops in our area to help the families fill it out correctly. Those events, by the way, available in Espanol. How great is that? Still ahead on Tiempo, a one-on-one -on -one interview with the new Latino president of Manhattanville College, where, by the way, 40% of the students son Latinos. Welcome back to Tiempo, the free application for federal student aid for college students. It's known as FAFSA. It's been in the news lately. The U.S. Department of Education recently introduced an updated form with fewer questions and expanded eligibility, but the form launched months later than usual, and the students have encountered several computer glitches. Here with us this morning, James Rodriguez from the UFT's College and Career Resource Fairs and Francisco Garcia Quesada from the New York City Regional Bilingual Education Resource Network at Fordham University. They've got some details. We'll get to those in a minute on some free FAFSA completion events to help families get through this. Have the colleges responded to this problem by pushing back deadlines so that the kids can make an informed decision while at the same time still have an opportunity to go to the colleges of their choice. Well, colleges have to realize that they have to make adjustments. February 1st was usually the CUNY and SUNY deadline for applications. Right. That's moved over. And college signing day is May 1st, and that's moved over to June 1st. Mm -hmm. 
because the colleges need the information as much as the students, correct? They're still waiting from to the federal government to package what they're going to offer the students. And some of them are doing packages that are tentative, meaning let's wait until you get your FASA okay. so that we can confirm what we're offering you. But it's, it's a time filled with anxiety for the students Absolutely. already, and now it's even longer. All right, we'll talk about some of the virtual events that you have coming up. You have first an orientation, correct? We'll go for you yes. first. You have an orientation event coming up in early April on the, on the 8th. 8th on the and 8th. then the actual completion event on, on, the 18th. on the 18th. What happens on the 8th? On the 8th, we um, really go through the entire process of the application mm -hmm. and the importance that it is to have the proper documentation so that when they come to the uh, completion date, they have everything that they need. Mm -hmm. Something else that we need to do is create a FSA ID. So if families don't have that yet done, we help them that night to yes. create that, because it usually takes 24 hours for that to really be able to be ready. Mm -hmm. And that's an important piece, because without that account, yes. you can't move on to your file. So that happens on April 8th, and April then the completion 8th. event is on April 18th. April We've got 18th. a QR code that we'll put up on the screen. You can register that way, correct? correct. The QR code. Correct. You're doing it this way from previous experience, correct? Absolutely. Because Absolutely. you had found out that people were coming unprepared, right, to correct. the events? And then they will go, you know, dissatisfied as well as yes. without a FASA completion. Mm -hmm. So knowing and having learned that we needed to do both. Yes. Be able to explain and be able to have the proper documentation. Can you reassure the parents and the kids who may be watching that if they take part in both of these events, the orientation and the completion, that they should be able to have the FAFSA application filled out by the end of the day? Absolutely, and, and we have had many events already that we have packaged and done, completed, and parents have been able to receive on the spot mm -hmm. the congratulations email that That's they fabulous. have been completed. And let's remind everyone, En español, right? En español. Yeah, which is, which is key. What percentage of the of the students that are coming to see you son son latinos? I would say about sixty percent of the ones that are showing up are mm -hmm. Latinos. Yep. Uh, and and we also have other languages, so we we have other people as well come in. But as you pointed out before, this application process has been horribly complex, and that's if you speak English. Right. If right. English is your second language, forget mm -hmm. it. It's a whole new level of difficulty. Yes. Well, one of the mechanisms that we put in place is that it you know no important event in your lifetime should ever live and die on one day. So we have a series of events. We're going to continue those events. Mm -hmm. And if you need be, if you need to reach out to ask a, a question, we'll be there to provide some answers for you. Mm -hmm. Okay, but the one important message that I want to convey to, to parents is challenge everything. Not everybody has a handle from the federal, college, state, Department of Education, not everybody has a handle on this process. So when you get your package, yes. you can challenge it. Because you don't think you got enough? Maybe so. Mm -hmm. Maybe so. And how, what's the process of challenging? You appeal the decision. You either send back the, the award letter to the college and say, hey, this is not enough. Or you go back into your FAFSA, which is now available for you 24-7, mm -hmm. and look over the numbers and see mm -hmm. maybe that you put the information incorrectly. Yep. Critically important information. Gentlemen, both continued success to you. April 8th for the orientation, April 18th for the completion event. Let's hope people can go get those applications filled out because that's yes. money to help the kids go to college. And more events coming in May and June. Que bueno. Okay. Thank you, gentlemen. Gracias. Thank you, Joe. Coming up next on Tiempo, we introduce the new Latino president of Manhattanville College. College, where 40% of the students son Latinos. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. 
Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. People who disappear without a trace. Where is she? The most notorious murder cases in New York. Pure evil. And the most devious killers. There's a Hannibal Lecter feel to him. For chilling true crime stories, follow the True Crime NYC podcast wherever you listen. Welcome back to Tiempo. The Board of Trustees at Manhattanville College in Westchester County just appointed the school's first Latino president. Dr. Frank Sanchez takes the helm of the 182-year-old college. Manhattanville, by the way, has a student population of about 1,400 undergraduate students. Almost 40% of them are Latinos. How about that? The college just received a rather significant grant to support sports studies for Latino students. What a pleasure to have with us this morning on the show, Dr. Frank Sanchez, the 15th Presidentville of Manhattan College. Go Valiants, correct? Go Valiants, absolutely. There you Good go. To be here with you. Felicidades, first of all. Thank you. You're in the job, what, seven months? You, you were late June, early July? Yep, coming up on eight months. Okay. I just finished up my fall semester. And... What have you learned? What have you seen so far? You're an educator, so it's not always about what you've seen, but what you've learned. That's right. You know, I've been in higher ed for about 30 years, so mm -hmm. I've seen quite a bit. But, you know, what I appreciate most about Manhattanville are the amazing faculty and the commitment to supporting student success. Mm -hmm. That's something that really stands out. In fact, this past year, U.S. News and World Report, which rank our college yeah, members, they're famous they just ranked us number one among all nonprofit higher education institutions in helping students realize their career and their economic dreams, what they call social mobility. Which by definition means? It, it really means the return on investment. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, families are paying a lot of money for college. Right. What are you getting in return? Most students, when they choose a college, they want to get a job. And so we're doing that extremely well at Manhattan. Do you think that's part of the reason why so many Latinos are attracted to you and your campus? Absolutely. I think more Latinos are beginning to see as a first choice institution. Mm -hmm. In fact, this past year, unlike many of our peers, we saw a 5% increase in our headcount enrollments. Mm -hmm. and, and a big part of that growth were the Latino community. New leader means new energy, new vision. Have you seen anything already in your months there that say, okay, we're doing this well, but this over here needs a little fine tuning, needs some attention. Yeah. And if so, what would that be? You know, one of the things that really stood out is how we generate revenue and how we generate resources. Mm -hmm. One thing we've done okay is in applying for and receiving grants. Okay. But we've really invested and put down a lot more time and energy and resources to do that much better. And I'm happy to share that we've already received some significant grants. The mm -hmm. National Endowment of the Humanities uh, focused on uh, sports studies, specifically the impact on the Latino on community. Oh, that's fabulous. But we just received news that we received a nearly a million dollar grant so that we can further make an impact in our school districts in the region as well. In que manera? How? Yeah. So the, the focus of that grant mm -hmm. will be to support workers in the schools already and support them so that they can eventually become teachers. So many okay. of these staff are already committed to our, the mission of education and mission of our schools. Mm -hmm. We want to help elevate them and eventually help them to become teachers within our school districts. Do you arrive with certain goals in mind. Have you and your leadership team sat down and said, okay, here's where we are now. 
here's where I'd like to be 18 months from now, three years from now, five years from now. And if so, what are some of those goals? Sure. So one of the goals, I mentioned one of them, mm -hmm. is ensuring the value of the college degree. We want to reduce the out-of-pocket expense for our families, but we want to ensure that value. And it's one thing to be among the best in the state, but we want to be a leader in the region and nationally. And so continuing to invest in that value. For example, one way to do that is ensuring that all of our students have experiential learning opportunities. Graduates have to be prepared yep. for today's world of work. Okay. A lot of colleges and universities, they say they offer internships, yes. they offer study away, and they offer service learning projects. We're not only going to offer, but we're going to ensure that 100% of our students mm -hmm. receive either an internship, a service learning project, a significant experiential learning opportunity so that they're well prepared for the world. Of While they're still in school. While they're still in school. We're not going to wait for a student to graduate to yeah. suddenly get experience. We're going to build it in by design into the college. How is that going to be different than, say, the way colleges like Northeastern or RIT, where they have established co-op programs? That's right. Well, that's actually the new wave. I think they're among the institutions that are thinking ahead, building by design these type of experiences. A lot of higher ed institutions, though, have not gone there that. We're mm -hmm. very proud that we take that very seriously and we've uh, incorporated mm -hmm. into the college experience those type of opportunities. You talked a little bit about your background. This is not your first run as a, as a college president. If my research is correct, you spent six years as the head at Rhode Island College where you grew student diversity, you modernized the facilities, you boosted fundraising. How will that experience translate in what you're hoping to do here uh, at Manhattanville? Yeah. No, Joe, that's a great question. So a lot of what we were able to achieve at Rhode Island College are very similar goals and priorities mm -hmm. for Manhattanville. Fundraising for a minute, and so I already talked about grants. We have to do a better job reaching out to our alumni and friends and corporate partners in order to generate more revenue as well. Mm -hmm. uh, looking at experiential learning, that yep. was something we were just getting going at Rhode Island College. I'm happy to say at Manhattanville, they're ahead of the game mm -hmm. on that front. Uh, and then the facilities. Yes. You know, a lot of institutions have tired facilities. They need a lot of support and more resources. Without question, that is also another priority for Manhattanville. Going Just about forward. any college campus that you go to, you find out, oh, they're building here. So if it's not happening at Manhattanville, yes, it does have to happen. Absolutely. Sit tight. I've got a few more questions. A little bit about your background, your Latino heritage, if yeah. you will. We'll talk sure. about that when we come back. Stay with us here on Tiempo. We'll continue our conversation with Dr. Frank Sanchez, the new Latino president of Manhattanville College. Welcome back to Tiempo. The Board of Trustees at Manhattanville College in Westchester County just appointed the school's first Latino president. Dr. Frank Sanchez takes the helm of the 182-year-old college. Manhattanville, as we've discussed, has a student population, about 1,400 undergraduate, 1,000 graduate students. Almost 40% of them son Latinos. And the college just received a significant grant to support sports studies for Latino students. Again, what a pleasure to have with us, Dr. Frank. Frank Sanchez, the 15th president of Manhattanville College. Let's continue with that point there because that is a grant that specifically targets Latino students, sports studies. Expand right. on it. Fill in the blanks there. Sure. So today, Manhattanville, we're about 40% Latino. And we know we have to continue to provide an education that supports the history and the culture and the literature and the music to contemporary issues of course. impacting our Latino community. We've had some very innovative faculty apply for the National Endowment for the Humanities Grant, mm -hmm. specifically to develop curriculum around our sports sciences 
to talk about the history and the impact on society that Latinos are having, as well as the contributions they're giving to sports as well. That'll be fantastic. Yeah. I have to say I was caught a little bit off guard when I, when I looked at, at your personal history, and it said you grew up in... Cheyenne, Wyoming. <laughs> Mexican heritage, yes? They're Latinos in Cheyenne, Wyoming. Okay. In fact, I'm third generation Mexicano in Cheyenne, my, Wyoming. My, okay. my dad was born there. My grandmother was born there. And my great-grandparents came from Guanajuato, Mexico, to Wyoming because of the railroads. Okay. That's why. And then my mother was born in Coahuila, Mexico. Mm -hmm. Sure. Was a migrant child and ended up to, in the northern Colorado area. And that's where my parents are. And at the same time, New York is not a foreign place to you because... No, not at all. In fact, uh, prior to Rhode Island College, mm -hmm. I was uh, worked with the City University of New York. So I became very familiar with the CUNY schools. Yes. I lived uh, in Westchester as well, but mm -hmm. it's really good to be back. Are you good friends with our good friend here on Tiempo, Felix Matos Rodriguez, the yep. chancellor at CUNY? Yes. Yeah, you know, Felix has done remarkable work leading that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, a half a million students, 24 institutions, Good, good friend of mine yeah. and just a tremendous leader in our educational community. We're good to have him. He's been a guest here on Tiempo many times. You are a proponent of, of civic engagement and community involvement. And I was looking at your track record. You were heavily involved in Rhode Island there with the Board of Directors, the Chamber of Commerce, the Performing Arts Council. Is it your plan to sort of take that same kind of approach here while you're at Manhattanville? And if so, what are the organizations you're looking at? Sure. There, within Westchester, there are many organizations. I recently joined the board of the Business Council of Westchester, mm -hmm. uh, which they do a lot of work within industry and business communities. Uh, while I was at Rhode Island, I, I served on the Hispanic Federation Board right here in New York City okay. for a good five or six years. But uh, I'm going to continue to look at uh, the different opportunities for nonprofit, community based organizations to uh, to get involved. With okay. We're going to break some news here on Tiempo. Uh, you gave me, he tipped me off here yeah. that Manhattanville College will soon have to change its name and all its branding because it will soon become yeah. Manhattanville University. University. Yeah. How fantastic is that? But what does that mean simply going from, and it's not just simple, from college to university? Yeah. So we're very excited. Uh, Manhattanville is a 182-year institution. Whew. And at this moment in time, we're going to go through a name change and become Manhattanville University. What this means to the general public mm -hmm. is it's a recognition of the tremendous work that the, the college has been doing for many decades, not just offering bachelor's degree, but really functioning like a university. We offer graduate degrees, PhDs mm -hmm. in education, and this really is more uh, signals that we're elevating to the next level in a formal way and we're, we're very excited to communicate this to the broader community. Do you think that has a ripple effect on enrollment? Without question. Why it's so? Have, well, a number of reasons. One, on an international level, mm -hmm. we know many folks in different countries see colleges kind of the secondary level of education. We don't want to confuse no, anyone. No, no, we don't communicate that at all. PhDs. Domestically, we see more and more states using college as a way to capture community colleges, mm -hmm. for example. We do not want any confusion right. there either. On, with graduate students, more and more graduate students, whether they're getting a master's degree or a PhD, mm -hmm. they want to get that degree through a university. And so we think from an enrollment side, this is going to position the university very, very well. So going. simply a little bit more cachet when you're Manhattan, Ma Manhattanville University as opposed to Manhattanville College. You got it. Okay, yep. good stuff. Congratulations, and thanks for coming to see us here on Tiempo. Tiempo!
is now a podcast. You can listen to this show and all the future episodes on the go. All you do is search Tiempo with Joe Torres wherever you get your podcast, or simply scan the QR code. That wraps up this week's show. Thank you once again for spending part of your Sunday with us. I'm Joe Torres. We'll see you next time for another edition of Tiempo.